Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. First of all, for those who aren't familiar with me, my name is James H. Williams. I am a reporter for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. Um, I've been covering UCLA for a couple years now. I also host or co-host two podcasts. Both the gentlemen are in this Twitter space today that I do those shows with. Uh, the first is George Medina, uh, a UCLA fan. We do the Something's Brewing podcast. I also do a podcast uh, titled Believe in UCLA Football with my co-host and former UCLA linebacker Josh Woods. I've known Josh for some time now. remember watching and reporting on him uh, back in his days at Upland High School. Um, I just asked George the same question, Josh, if you want to go ahead and unmute your mic. I'm curious to know what you think about your Bruins being ranked nine in the in the country. I mean, I don't remember the last time UCLA has been ranked this high, but I'm just curious on your thoughts. I think the last time we were ranked top ten was my freshman year. I remember the, the hype surrounding it. Mm-hmm. And it's the attitude going into games. Like, the expectation was to win every game. I think we had kind of like lost that and now seeing them with that energy again. And I like that the guys aren't getting complacent. So, I mean, we'll see how they attack uh, this, this week coming up. Were you, were you, <laughs> were you rooting for somebody in that USC um, Utah game? I mean, it was kind of at that point, I mean, you kind of knew that UCLA was going to be a top 10 team. I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it before. It was kind of almost a given considering, all the other ranked versus ranked teams, but I'm just, I'm just curious. Did you have a rooting interest at all in that Utah USC game? I was definitely going for the youth. There's no no debate in that. I'm not ashamed to say that either. And and I I think that I mean there's nothing wrong with that. I think too mainly one because UCLA beat uh, Utah, but I think it also for whatever it's going to be worth and whatever may be worth down the road improves their strength and schedule. Right, just because they beat a ranked team in USC, um, obviously UC, uh, USC is still ranked fairly high. I think they're in number twelve, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think no, yeah, number twelve, and then Utah's like fifteen or something. But you got like three or four Pac-12 teams in 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 the AP top like fifteen, which I think is crazy. Um, I'm gonna invite Loki in here to talk. I believe he said he was. Busy wasn't going to talk today, but uh, he might be available for a couple minutes. So I want to get him back in or get him in here um, so he can kind of share some of his thoughts. Then we'll get back to to Josh and George here in a minute. Um, Let me know. uh, I think you should be all good, Loki. What's going on, man? How are you feeling about your Bruins being number nine? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, Just kind of anxious knowing that. Uh, it's another time for UCLA to kind of take that next step into the upper echelons in uh, college football. And the last few times hasn't went our way. So uh, hopefully this time we can win and take the next step and becoming a hopefully a just not necessarily a powerhouse in football, but just getting more recognition because we've had some really great teams over the years. I mean, when Josh was playing, I remember I was at the UCLA Stanford game at home. I think it was against Christian McCaffrey. I think it was like 2017 or something like that. Where there's few times mm-hmm. that UCLA has chances to like pivot. I call it a pivot where 
uh, program has a chance to pivot themselves into an upward trajectory and people will start recognizing him. And I think like the last three or four times, UCLA's came up short. So hopefully this time we can win and it would be even huge at Austin with the whole country. We'll probably be watching at that time at 1230. Such a prime time spot for the East Coast. Um, just excited though. I'm, I'm honestly want to pick Josh's brain a little bit. I didn't know he was going to be uh-huh. in here. About how does he feel about going against uh, Justin, Justin Flo, and then uh, Suel, the two linebackers? Because for me, the keys of the game is how are you going to neutralize those two? Because for me, those two are the heart and soul of that defense. Josh, you want to go ahead and answer that? I, I know you, you, you're kind, you're, you're especially familiar with a guy like Justin Flo, who played at your alma mater at Upland High School. How do you how do you stop a man child? I guess he's just a man at this point. But how do you how do you stop a guy like Josh Flo, uh, Justin Flo? How do you contain him um, from from doing the things that he could do and have an impact in this game? I mean, it's tough because I mean he's not the only one, you know. And something that's like high intensity, high motor. It's like you kind of have to play against him, kind of you know, trick his eyes certain things to capture him, um, maybe isolate him in some RPO reads, certain things to kind of try to slow him up. Um, but it's going to be a good a good matchup to see Charbonnet go against, yeah, two guys like that in the middle. Um, and also, too, like, we're going against two former uh, UCLA coaches with um, Adrian Clem uh, coaching the O-line over there and then Coach Meat who's the DB coach over there who, I mean, like I've said before, is the guy that got me to UCLA. So as much as I want to see those guys do well, not this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Josh, uh, I, I, we, we've talked before, and I remember there's at least like one or two places in the Pac-12, despite you being there uh, with UCLA for some time, where – I think you haven't played at the state at one or two stadiums. Have you played in Oregon before? No, this is the one that I never got. That to was go to. Okay. you didn't you did you just never even traveled right? Like you never stepped foot in there. Yeah, I think my whole time there, there was only one game at Oregon because you know how it flips between Oregon State yeah. and Oregon. And that yeah, that was the year I was out, so I missed it. Okay, because I'm trying to I'm trying to get it like a sense of the vibe because all I hear is like this is one of the best places to play or one of the loudest places in the country. So I'm trying to get like a real vibe check on it. You have okay. What was it like for you? I'm actually going up. I'm gonna fly up on uh, Saturday morning. I'm catching up. Okay. I was there in I think 20 or 2003. 2004, it was the year where Reggie Bush destroyed Aaron Gibson. Uh, he, shook, he shook him out of his cleats. Aaron Gibson is a family friend, and he was he's from the Inland Empire. So uh, we would go and watch – we would go support him. And my, my brother was on a recruiting trip as well, so I went with him. And it's loud. It's, it's in the woods. It's surrounded by mountains. The, it retains a lot of sound. It's, it's like Washington, but louder. I've been to uh, up in Washington as well. It holds the sound extremely well. At a, at a peak sound, it feels like you're in an earthquake, a borderline earthquake. It's pretty intense God. and pretty deafening. Yeah, I've actually, uh, you bring up Washington, that's a good point. Um, 
who was it? I think I heard John Gaines on a Sirius XM. I think he was on the Pac-12, one of the Pac-12 shows uh, on last Friday. And I think they kind of asked him about how do you prepare for um, a, a road game like this? How do you, you know, what, what goes into that? And he said, you know, there's nothing new. He said the Bruins love playing on, on the road, which is, is one thing to say, but they haven't, they've only played on the road against Colorado. So this is let alone going to be a tough test in that regard. But he did, he brought up that Washington game and he said that, you know, where it's, we expect it to be just like the Washington game last year. It's going to be us against the world kind of deal. And, and they're prepared for it. And it sounds like from what I heard um, from some of the interviews today, I wasn't out at practice, but it sounds like they were doing some fake noise, some fake crowd noise, uh, just to kind of, you know, not have that be an excuse for later on uh, or, or for during the game this week. Um, Kanal Lamar, I'll, I'll get you in here in a minute. I know you're requesting. But, Josh, was that something that you guys did at all for any of the road games? Chip says they do it all the time. So I don't know if necessarily that's the case. It's just it's been a while since just because there hasn't been that many road games. Um do they ever pipe in crowd noise during practice for, I mean, I know you guys do the music, so it's like, there's already that, but do you remember any of that, Josh, where they just kind of piping in some crowd noise at all? Yeah, we always do that. I mean, preparing for, you know, tough, tough environment away games, especially for the offense, because I mean, for defense, we don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, and at times like, you know, home crowds kind of quiet down for offense, at, you know, to get, help them out. But, for, for our offense, they need it, especially, you know, for snaps and cues and play calling and things like that. So uh, I know Mora did it. I know um, Chip did it, too. And then, like, I'm, I still we still do it now up here mm-hmm. um, when you're preparing to go in certain environments. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and while I have this on top of my head again, Kanal, I'll get you in here next. Um, Josh, when you um, – I heard, what did I hear? I think Dorian mentioned today, he mentioned today that, you know, I think Oregon is still kind of, I think on the defensive side, maybe they're still getting familiar with Dan Lanning and and him being the new coach and and their scheme and whatnot. And maybe a lot of what they do is still them communicating pre-snap and maybe they're not making uh, that many more, they're not making that many adjustments you know, kind of on the fly before the ball snapped, but they maybe they kind of stick with what is originally called or whatever the communication. Is there anything to that where you kind of have a new coach or, or just you personally, you find yourself in a new system uh, with coach, whether it's your, you know, you're getting familiar with the new system in high school, college, or even with the, the BC Lions, where you can find yourself kind of limited in, in what you guys can do on defense and you're not doing too much because you guys are still getting familiar in your first year in a system like that, if that makes sense. Let me know if that makes sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I think it's pretty, it's pretty normal for that to happen too. I feel like defenses are always better the second year around because you're still getting familiar um, with new terminology, new techniques, you know, um, like it can, it can still be the same coverage that you ran before, but a a new defensive coordinator could want you to play it a certain way, have a certain technique, certain verbiage, you know, um, Mm -hmm certain things that can really alter the way that you're playing it. And I mean, as a defense, when you're kind of uncertain, it slows you down. That can hinder, you know, everything. So um, when, and again, in college, like these guys are young, you have some guys, you know, this could only be their second year at college or even an older guy, say this guy's in his fifth year and he's been in a different, different system 
um, his whole time, and now he's trying to learn something new, how it can, you know, change the way he's playing. So I think, you know, this is first year struggles. I mean, we, we had it with, with Azanero. Um, mm-hmm. I think luckily now I feel like the defense has some similarities, even though we have a new D.C., where I can kind of see some of the similar techniques that the guys are using this year. So it's not too brand new. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's a, that's a normal thing to go through. Gotcha. And, George, go ahead. Uh, what Did you have something to add to that? No, I, yeah, I just had a question for Josh. Uh, you know, uh-huh. he said complacency is, you know, the UCLA doesn't have complacency. And, you know, I don't know if you noticed the line. It moved from three to six. I, I actually think that's a good thing for UCLA to be the underdog and have no one, like, think that we could win. And I just want to ask Jan, Josh that um, while you were a player, did you guys look at that stuff? Or were you did that stuff motivate you? Because I know DTR right now is, like, he plays so well when his, it's him against the world. So I just wanted to ask him that. Um, I, I think at the beginning, early on, like I said, when I, you know, was first getting there, like, it had been winning had been pretty pretty normal, so whenever anybody had, like, it seemed like we'd always be going to stuff of like even like Arizona like back in the day. That UCLA was overhyped or like playing BYU. I remember they tried to call us soft one year and like we were riled up going to that game, but I think it kind of like fizzled out and then we had this like I said this 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 uh you know we weren't used to winning anymore and. I was wondering how success would, you know, would affect the guys now, and it seems like it hasn't. It seems like, yeah, like Dorian doesn't like care that they're six and zero; they just want to be seven and zero. You know, certain things like that, where it's like, I'm happy that the the UW win didn't affect the Utah game, and I'm hoping that you know that that the Utah game doesn't affect this Oregon game, and that the guys just keep going and doing what they're doing, and not worrying about the hype and worrying about you know all that stuff that comes with it. Yeah, good uh, good point there um, by Josh and by George. Kanal, what, um, what what do you have, and how are you feeling about your Bruins being number nine? Uh, I think it's great news, to be honest. Like, I'm just delighted. I'm happy. But, you know, I'm 38, so I watch enough football to realize, like, it's nice to see, but it doesn't really mean anything for right now, you know? It's sort of like once UCLA wins the conference, then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna talk mad shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, anxious about Oregon. Definitely, it was last week because I forgot there was a bye week. So all mm. the anxiety that I thought I might had, it went away, and uh, I'm. The, the the game from Oregon, uh, I think I'm not that concerned from Oregon's defense. I, I have respect for them. They definitely have talent. Like, there's no question. There's a whole bunch of four to five stars on their defense and offense, especially their O-line and D-line. So, like, respect is, is, is due. I mean, excuse me, respect is owed to them. Um, the games that I look at, so I guess give me confidence or just sort of like what to expect is uh, was the 2004 UCLA. Mm-hmm. That's, that was the last time they beat Oregon. 
was in 2004. And, and uh, the Chip Kelly Oregon game where UCLA was visiting them, it was uh, the Brett Hundley UCLA offensive squad and defense, it was loaded. So they had Barr, Kendricks, and Zumwalt. And so I watched that game to see how Chip Kelly um, attacks from the offensive point against just a loaded group of defensive players. Because remember, they had Kenny Clark, Eddie Vanados, I think Oa, and somebody else. And, and during that game, UCLA's defense – for I think uh, a couple series, a couple series, they sort of had the edge, but eventually, you know, Oregon and Mariota just they figured it out and won the game. So I sort of expect Oregon's defense to have moments, but then I think UCLA's offense is going to figure it out. I think um, UCLA's defense is better than people really think. Really think that they are. I think I think their depth is. Is, is not that bad. I think it's, it's, it's good enough, in my opinion. But I think it's going to be a great game, but I'm definitely going to be anxious what's going to happen in those first two quarters. Do you feel any more nervous this week about, you know, obviously, is it, where are you at this week? You, you say you're anxious. Were you, are you any more anxious now than you were going into the Washington game when you see a ranked number by them or – what you were uh, going into the Utah game, knowing they are a ranked team, they were defending Pac-12 champions. Um, where does this one kind of rank for you in terms of, of you feeling anxious? Now, I would I would definitely say anxiety was like between Washington and Utah would be like it was high because mm-hmm. I didn't know the, the their first three games. It, you know, it, it they were you know they were easy games in my opinion. No offense to the opponents, but it was just easy games. So I'm like, okay, they're scoring forty on them, but well, duh, they're they're not that much of a competitive team. So I was like, what gave what giving me confidence is how they responded towards. And I'm talking about the defense, uh, the offense. I sort of like they're gonna they're they're rolling. But it was the defense that sort of gave me confidence of them, especially the secondary, uh, Humphrey. He's improved yep. each game. So that tells me, for, this from my standpoint, when they play against Oregon, it's they're not, I, they're not, I doubt they're looking even past Oregon. They're taking it as seriously as, no, this is the one. You know. So I think win or lose, I don't – I just don't think they're just going to go up there unprepared and be sort of just see that, oh, wow, we're ranked number nine and, you know, look how good we are. They're not. This, if, if we just being frank, the team has slowly improved. They were eight and four uh, last season, but the prior other seasons, you know, it, it wasn't good. It, you know, they were struggling. So it's like, it's like, you know, this is I, just from my standpoint, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're, like that's what I want to see improvement. That's all I care about, especially from the secondary. And it looks like I think they're going to beat Oregon. I think they're going to beat Oregon handily, in my opinion. I, I, I'm not going to guess the score, but I'm not too worried. 
like it's going to be a close win. It's it's going to be like how when they played against Utah. It's like Utah is a tough team. They have a strong D-line and O-line. Um, the defense held up their side of the bargain. And, you know, DTR and the offense, you know, they're just they're just on one right now. And so <laughs> it's my anxiety after Oregon, like when they beat Oregon, that's when I'm going to be stressed the hell out. Because in my mind, UCLA has a problem. Well, not not every UCLA era, but sometimes when they're ranked real high, I think it was 2005, and when they had that 10-2 season under Darrell, and they got man, they got blown out by Arizona, and and it oh man, it was so disappointing. So it's just it's it's like after Oregon, and then they have a, I think it's Stanford, USC, and uh, I can't think of the other two other two programs. But those are the games I'm like, like I'm to be honest with you, I'm not even concerned about UCLA beating USC. That's how much confidence I don't have in USC's defense. It's just it's gonna be a good game. Again, they got a whole bunch of overrated four to five star players on their team, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't be giving them no bulletin board material now. Oh shit, I'll give them. Man, I'm calm and relax. <laughs> I'm relax. Um, I, I did want to, Josh, I'm curious, um, and, and I think George knows where I'm going with this or he won't be surprised. Um, you're familiar with Chase Coda, uh, the wide receiver. I guess he was there four years at UCLA. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was four and now he's using his COVID year to, uh, go back home and, and play for Oregon. I believe his cousin, if I'm not mistaken, Brady Breeze, if I remember the name right, played at Oregon a couple years ago, was defensive MVP in the Super Bowl. Um, but Chase Coda, wide receiver, just curious on your thoughts on your former teammate. And um, also, do you think it it's a be- is it a benefit or I guess is it kind of a wash now that you have Chase Coda, who's familiar with, you know, DTR. He could tell Dan Lanning about DTR and Chip Kelly's offense. Um, but then also maybe they know everything about Chase Code and what he brings. Um, is there any advantage for anyone there? And and again, uh, just your thoughts on on Chase Coda. I mean, starting off, Chase Coda, great guy. Uh, not upset he left. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, guys going back home, it is what it is. But the advantage thing, I mean, I don't, I don't really think so. Like. It's new defense that he's going against. Like he, I mean, he might know like one on ones how to, you know, how to beat certain guys in UCLA's defense. But I mean, I said again, a different scheme a little bit. Um, and then with Dorian, like Dorian's evolved from last year to this year, anyways. And you're gonna you're gonna get your keys from watching film. It's not gonna be from anything that Chase Coda says that's gonna you know alter the way that I think that Oregon plays him. Gotcha. Um... No, makes sense. Uh, I think JT uh, request again if you wanted to um, chime in there. What do you got, Georgie? Hey, I was just going to ask Josh. Like the defense last year, I thought like held the Bruins back a lot. Do you think the defense so far this year is it like a, a like a faux like fake like the like success fake or are they actually better than last year? Because I felt like. 
the defense this year, we added a couple guys that have made a huge difference. And can small can that small of a difference make a change of defense around? I mean, there there's times where they 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 do worry me a little bit. Um, even like like I was telling James from the from the Utah game, um, it's like times where it's like Utah is really able to just move the ball. You know, you know, runs of like nine to ten yards, like. Um, letting letting the quarterback get out of the pocket, but if you look, I mean, for the past two two games, we're supposed to be our two toughest games, um, two top offenses. I mean, you see, I mean, you see uh, the quarterback up at Washington, like his stats and what he's been able to do this year, and what what we did against him, and then you see what Utah did to USC's defense this last game versus what we did to them. And it, I mean, a lot of times it looks like our defense is kind of bend don't break um, at times where it seems like we're going to we're letting them get down the field. But when it comes to the red zone, it seems like guys kind of, um, you know, kind of nut up a little bit and, and start playing more aggressive and, and holding guys to field goals and, and not touchdowns, which is big. Um, but, yeah, guys are definitely growing up and evolving on the defense that I mean, guys that have been there three, four, five years are stepping up along with, I mean, the transfers that we got every year and the transfers apparently this, I mean, this year with the twins, um, with, uh, Darius, the linebacker with, um, you know, Latu, Latu, like those guys are, are, it seems like they've, they've been here, how fast they've kind of, um, morphed into this defense, into the culture, um, that, that UCLA has right now. So, um, I've, Kind of want to see how they go against Bo Nix. I mean, he's put up some big numbers in these Pac-12 games. I mean, other than the Georgia game, the offense for for Oregon, I mean, has put up numbers not only in the air but rushing as well. So um, we'll see. I mean, I know early on, Oregon's O line had not given up a sack or something, some crazy stat. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what our our pass rushers can do this week. Yeah, I I think. Um... Bo, Bo Nix may have only been sacked like once, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, I think I heard that he had only been sacked once. I'm not too sure about that. Um, but again, e- even if that is the case, I mean, um, again, maybe this is, I mean, maybe someone like a Chip Kelly and the coaching staff would know that kind of stuff. But um, that was the same case more or less with Washington and with Michael Penix Jr., right? It was he hadn't been sacked. He was barely being pressured. But, hey, you got a guy like Latu, who I believe is second in the country, um, not just in the conference, but I think he's up there in the country. Um, I think he's number two if he's not a top five guy in sacks. Um, That will put some pressure. So maybe that will be a a game changer once again. And, um, yeah, this defense, I mean, they're, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, they've they've passed all the tests they've needed to pass so far. So uh, we'll see if this one is going to be any different. Um, JT, um, go ahead and unmute your mic, and uh, let's hear what you have to say. All right. Thank you so much, James. What's up, everybody? Um, so heading into this week, I know I talked last week about um, both rush defenses and how they're going to – not how they match up against each other, obviously, but how they're going to perform since these are the two mm-hmm. – since both defenses are allowing an average of less than a hundred yards rushing per game, but something else I was thinking about 
over the weekend heading into this game since it's the only top 10 matchup uh, this weekend. Uh, you got college game day there. And as I forgot who it was, I was playing out since it's going to be 1230 on Fox. A lot of people across the country are going to be watching. And it got me thinking about the coaching matchup between Dan Lanning versus Chip Kelly. And something I've been thinking is since this is only what Dan Lanning's seventh game as a head coach, I was even looking at uh, his resume even before he got to Georgia. Um, This is his first time. He's only been a positions coach and a coordinator, I believe, unless I don't know. Wikipedia can be wrong sometimes, but Something something um, I was thinking, too, is, you know, Chip's been doing this for 10 plus years um, and, you know, he's more familiar with I playing in games, coaching or not playing, sorry, coaching games like this. And I feel like maybe that could be a reason why you or a big reason why UCLA is going to pull it through this weekend, I believe. Um I actually feel pretty good um, heading up to Eugene. I know it's been a minute since UCLA has played um, in a tough road environment, but I really like the coaching matchup this weekend. I think it heavily favors UCLA over Oregon. And also, too, something else I don't think a lot of people are bringing up, the past two matchups um, – between UCLA and Oregon, the Ducks have only won by a field goal each time. And I think something, I just have the weirdest feeling that, you know, it, it's finally going to come through for the Bruins. So give me UCLA 38, 35. That's just, that's just my score prediction. Um, And yeah, I, I feel pretty good about the season moving forward. Um, I think, losing to Fresno State last year. I am worried about UCLA pulling a UCLA because I know somebody brought up the 2005 game against Arizona, but I think Fresno State last year kind of taught them, like, you can't – like, even if it's not, I don't know, the strongest-looking opponents, although Fresno State was pretty good with Jake Hayner, um, not to overlook anybody, and especially South Alabama um, earlier this year. But – yeah, that's that's really all my thoughts. And if I know this is unrelated, but if anybody cares, Greg Dulcich um, is getting his first snaps um, in the NFL yep. right now on Monday Night Football with the Broncos. So yeah, that's that's all I gotta say. Yep. No, that's a that's a good point. Thank you, JT. Yeah, for um, you know we'll probably go here for another like ten minutes or so. But um, good point by JT. The Chargers and the uh, Broncos are playing right now in AFC West. Uh, showdown there at SoFi and you got a couple UCLA guys and there's probably more but just off the top of my head some guys that I covered uh, one being Greg Dulcich who just got activated from the IR um, earlier today it, making his debut uh, again like JT said um, I forgot what injury was it might have been like a shoulder injury or something I'm not necessarily sure if he got the start but he was definitely um uh, you know they were hi- they're hyping him up a little bit there on in, uh, on Twitter on the Broncos account and whatnot. So I'm kind of curious. That's a guy who um, I, I want to see play. And then also again some other guys, Joshua Kelly, a former teammate of Josh Woods, there 
Um, he's a running back for the Chargers. And then you also have uh, for the Chargers as well, Otito Obonia, who was drafted by the Chargers um, in this last draft here in April. So um, excited to see how they're doing. Um, and, and obviously, Oso Odigizua, I didn't see how he did with the with the Cowboys last night, but um, just the, the week prior, he, he had a, a big game and, and was sacking the quarterback there. Um, so, yeah, so nice nice stuff from the UCLA alums there. Um, Jonathan, if you want to go ahead and ask your question, I know you you just tweeted me. Go ahead and do so, and I'll read that one. Um, uh, I'll read that one off here in a second. But, uh, George, what else is uh, – what, what's on your mind? Um, you know, left, but what's on your mind? No, I was thinking, you know, he said 38-35 of the score, but, like, both teams are coming off a bye. So I wanted to ask, you know, Josh, you know, coming off a bye, is that a good thing for both teams? Are they going to come out slow, like, for a game of this magnitude? Like, if you had to wait for two weeks, would it have been hard to prepare? Like, I want to go into the into the head of a player, like, because this is a big game for UCLA, and I want to make sure their heads are straight. So, like, going into a bye – would you have preferred to buy this week or would you have wanted just to keep playing after the Utah game? I kind of talked about that on the episode last week where it's kind of, you're kind of in the middle of like, do we want to keep this going or do we want to, you know, be able to rest and recover um, for the second half of the season? Um, So, I mean, the way Chip, I know, I know the way that Chip is, is and how he's going to be. I know he's going to, you know, take the try to take the pressure off the game. Even though, arguably, this is the biggest game these guys have ever played um, in their careers at UCLA. And I know Chip's going to try to downplay it to the guys, and you know, <laughs> preach preach every day like yep. we're just trying to be one and zero. Like this is a regular game. There's nothing special about this game. Like let you know, we're just going to do the same thing to try to get the win. But I mean, these guys have Twitter. These guys, you know hear hear everything that's going on they're gonna you know hear the hype but i mean the same it's also happening on the other side with oregon too um i would guarantee they're gonna come out feeling they're entitled to a victory knowing knowing how those guys over are over there um and i think i think it should be a pretty a pretty like fired up game from the from the jump like i said having two weeks built up animosity with college game day there I mean, I imagine it's going to be sold out, um, and mm-hmm. this this game very much can um, determine who plays, you know, in the in the Pac-12 championship. So, I think it's it's it should be a good game, and it shouldn't be you know rusty or anything like that. Yeah, no, that that's a good point, and uh, I think John uh, John the interviews I heard with John Gaines and DTR. Uh, kind of said the same thing, and and you know they 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 got a lot of the Chip Kelly speech stuff down, but you know it's an improvement week for them. You know, there it's it was necessarily it, it's almost like a training camp week in a way. But uh, the way Gaines was talking was it you know it's just it was almost like they everything they would normally go through, except there's really no game at the end, right? So um, you know the guys are just still going through film, still doing their thing. Um, I think they had the scout team jerseys out. They had the green jerseys to represent Oregon. Um, even during the bye week. So there was still some preparation going on. And uh, again, they weren't necessarily, um, there weren't too many injuries on this UCLA team going into the bye week. Usually more often than not, 
Uh, and a credit to the Pac-12, you know, whoever makes the schedule for a lot of these games, I think outside of maybe uh, Stanford and what they have this upcoming week, just because their schedule may be um, a little bit different because they do play game, non-conference games, like with a Notre Dame and stuff. Um, obviously, they a big win for them over Notre Dame. But um, I think that is the only game that is not um, where, where they play an opponent um, that is coming off a bye weekend. They are not. But every other matchup where one team's on a bye, the other team is also on a bye. Um, so, one, I like that because it eliminates the excuse of, oh, we had a bye week. Or, you know, or, or, or someone having the excuse of, of oh, it was a bye week. Um, you know, and, and that killed our momentum or yada, yada, yada. I think all that kind of goes out the window. Um, again, just back on the injury on the injury front, um, uh, for the Utah game, I was there at the Rose Bowl. Um, I did see John John Vons on crutches at some point. Um, from what I heard over the bye week is he wasn't on crutches, participating fine in practice. He was good to go. Um, so nothing expected to hamper him from playing, it sounds like. Um, and then also we saw Kay Madrano come back and get some time. Um, didn't start. Um, I did just put the depth chart there. Um, let's see. Uh, where's Majano? Oh, yeah. So Majano's still listed as a starter again this week. Um, we'll see now that he's back if he's going to be in that starting role or what they do. That's something I'll keep an eye out for. But, um, again, I know he was kind of excited to get back in there and get some time. So I'm sure they'll kind of get – they've gotten him up to speed. And he's, you know, kind of got his legs under him now. And he'll he'll be a full go. Um, I know he was dealing – we don't know what the injury was, but um, is looking pretty good. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Oh, we did get an Ali Kaho um, update of some sort. He is not ruled out for the season, and we don't know what the injury is. Chip Kelly said there is a chance that he could play at some point, um, but he did not have a timetable on on when that would be or, or how long he'll be out. Um, so we'll it will remain to be seen. Uh, Loki, I think you asked me about Damian Sellers. Um, I don't know much more on Damian Sellers. Um, I haven't checked. I was meaning to check if, if he was added back to the roster at all, but I don't think he has been. Um, I'm not expecting him to maybe play this year. Again, I'm not sure, and I don't really want to speculate what the case may be with him, but um, as far as I know, he's still enrolled with the school, and um, I think maybe he, he'll circle back and join the program again um, at the beginning of next year or, or whatever the case may be, but I don't know. I'm not sure what the case is. Again, don't want to speculate too much on that. Um, but I think other than that, I think we're, we're in fairly good shape. Go ahead, Loki. Whatever we got. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, I was looking at some stuff on Twitter. Um, there's actually two former uh, UCLA uh, guys who actually for Oregon. Chase Cotter was one of them. And then I believe it was Braylon Addison. He was a UCLA commit, and I believe he signed his NIR his uh, letter of intent. And then a, something happened where he wasn't allowed to enroll into school, um, and he went to Oregon after that. But this was, I think, 2018. He's a pretty lengthy corner. He's like six three, like 190 pounds. He's pretty athletic. I think he played in Juniper Sarah, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and, uh, and I just think it's funny because we, we have two of uh, their guys as well. We have the offensive lineman Jefferson, I believe, or uh, I forgot. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, 
that sounds right. Um, and then uh, and then Jalen Davies. The and then Jalen Davies. That's right. Um, yeah. No. Good. Uh, good point there. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah. Do you know Josh? Do you know anything about? Do you do you remember that recruit at all? Um, it might have yeah, just what, been Addison. He, yeah, is that who it was? He uh, it was it had something to do with the admissions. Um, he was said to come to play receiver. I think he's supposed to even come in spring or something. I remember him being around, and then news coming that he wasn't able to get into school, and he had to uh, go to Oregon. Gotcha. Yeah, probably some sort of uh, academic or yeah, just you know transcripts or something like that. So. Um, that might have just been the case there. I'll, I'll have to keep an eye on him. I wasn't too familiar with him. Uh, I think I started covering the team in 19, so I would have just missed that um, that stuff with him. Uh, as we kind of wrap things up, um, anyone else have any other questions, concerns, comments, anything you need to get off your chest about the game that's upcoming? Obviously, game day is going to be there. I think JT mentioned, if I remember correctly, college game day is going to be there. The game is going to be on Fox. So there's going to be a lot more national attention on UCLA. And it's been it's been pretty exciting and different and interesting and seeing all these weekly awards. And, um, you know, if, if you guys want, you know, they if UCLA wants to continue to be in these primetime games and time slots, you got to win games. You got to win big games. You got to win when it counts. You got to win on national TV. Um, build that brand, build that buzz, and I think it'll help in recruiting too. So um, I, I think you know it, it could be an ugly win, it can be a, it could be a blowout. I think UCLA just needs to get a win. Um, you know, even if it's by one point, I think Chip will be okay with that. You just need a win by one point. You need to come out of there with the W. You'll stay in the top ten, depending on who else does what. Maybe you stay at nine. Maybe you kind of move your way up there a little bit, but. You know, UCLA controls their own destiny, and the only one standing in their way is them. And I think they know that, and that's the mindset they have. Um, and Dorian's been saying it all along. They play um, with with the mindset of of them not keeping up with their opponent, but the opponent having to keep up with UCLA, especially on offense. And, and you know, Dorian's going to be um, motivated and passionate to, to continue to bring success as he kind of finishes out his career as a Bruin. Uh, George, uh, you and me, your mic. What, um, what do no, you guys kind of? We didn't really talk about the weather this weekend up in Oregon because, oh, yeah, you know, DTR, you know, passing the ball, and you know, I mean, it seems like we're gonna run Charbonnet a lot. I mean, does the weather affect the offense that much or defense that much? You know, as a player, I. I mean, I mean, I'm just curious to see if you if you think we're gonna run the ball or if we're going to if DTR is still going to go through the passing game, because that's our strongest point is our passing game too. Yeah, Josh, um, what what is the situation there? It, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm assuming the, the first thing is um, wet ball drills, but do they do wet ball drills all the time or if they know what the weather may be like, especially with a Washington or an Oregon, uh, what is the game plan there when, when rain may be a factor? Yeah, you only uh, prepare for it usually when you're anticipating it. So, I mean, they might have, yeah, wet the ball at practice a little bit, try to get Dorian and the receivers used to it. Because, I mean, that's honestly, it comes down to, yeah, how comfortable Dorian feels throwing in the rain and how the receivers are catching the ball. Because um, we already know you said he's going to run the ball too. So, I don't think 
and then as a defense, that's something you don't worry about. You, I mean, you can try, you know, going after the ball more, but you're really not thinking about the weather like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, anyone else have a, a question before we kind of wrap things up here? Anyone else? Anyone else? Going once. Going twice. All right, boys. I think that will end it there. Um, thank you guys so much for being Zachary here. Had a question, James. Go ahead. Who was I that? I think Jack, Zachary had a question. Oh, Zach. okay. Here we go. Um, yeah, just got Zach's request. Uh, hold on. Speaker, go ahead. It uh, looks like Dulcich. Um, Jonathan, give me one sec, Zach. Jonathan, or I think you're just telling me to Greg. I know I just saw on my uh, – I'm here in the car, and I'm looking at the Sirius radio. It says they, Denver went up 10-0. to zero. Um, Are you telling me that Greg Dulcich just scored his first touchdown? Is that what I just – is that what I just um, saw? Someone tell me if that's true. Um, but as we, as we find that out, um, go ahead, uh, Zach, if you're there. Yeah, um, so I've been doing some uh, research kind of about the game coming up, and I've been on um, Ducks Wire just kind of reading what their fan base thinks and everything and kind of an unbiased view of UCLA. And the one thing I saw on there is they ranked the uh, the quarterbacks in the Pac-12. And, you know, I'm thinking DTR is maybe top three. They had him at number eight. <laughs> and I just, I just wanted to say that because I that is just mind-boggling me. I don't think there's two players better than him. I mean – they had Rising above him. They had Penix above him. They had Williams above him. They also had two other guys that shouldn't be there. But I think DTR's top two quarterback, like, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, they, they, they've been kind of doing that to Dorian for some time now. Um, just kind of ranking him low. I think, you know, he, he's starting to get some love. He's starting to, you know, be in conversations for different things, Heisman talk and whatever. And, and, you know, he knows and he's aware of that kind of stuff. I think for him, uh, he's just playing his game. I, I think, you know, he said the main reason why he came back is for his guys and, and to, to win with his guys. So I don't think he necessarily cares where he's ranked. Um, again, at the end of the day, I think for him, he just wants to be number one um, as a team. I think that's what, what matters most. But, yeah, I mean, he's been kind of – he's been getting the short end of the stick for a while regardless of – of how well he seems to be doing. So, um, yeah, well, I'm sure if Dorian hasn't seen it, he will at some point or someone's told him or, or he just, he just knows that stuff is kind of out there. So it sounds like Greg got a 39 yard reception. Um, I'm excited to watch that as soon as this space is done, but, um, Hartel, you want to hop in here? Um, uh, let me add you. Uh, go ahead, Hartel, whenever you're ready there. Hey, uh, I just wanted to – I wasn't going to say a thing. but um, I think you kind of cut out there, so let, let's see. Let me know if you're, if you're there. Let me know if you can hear me. George, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Um, Hartel, uh, try just unmuting your mic and then um, try unmuting your mic or muting your mic and then unmuting. 
I think he. Let me remove him and then add him back. He left us with a cliffhanger, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know he sounded excited to say what he had to say. Um, we'll see. He might have just had an issue there, but um, let me see. George, did you did you give a score prediction, or are we doing that later no, in the I week? I, I don't think I'm ready for one. Yeah, yet. but I could do it. You what? What's on your mind? Let Let's hear it. So, I mean, going with the whole theme of the season, I I know you know what my UCLA score is going to be. It is going to be forty five points for UCLA because that's their magic number. They've scored yep. almost over forty every game this year, close to it every game this year. I think that's going to be 45. And I honestly think, and I don't know about, like, I wanted to ask Josh's, but I don't know about, like, like you know, Georgia beat Oregon 49-3 to and then killed the, uh, the other teams. But then UCLA beat Utah and by a lot, and USC barely beat them. I don't know if that, you know, through a season that matters. But I believe if it, that it's going to be UCLA 45 and Oregon – about 25. I think UCLA is going to be, I, I think they're going to shock the world. I really do. There's something special about the season. I don't know what it is. Like I always say a focus DTR. You don't want to mess with that. A focus Charbonnet. You don't want to mess with that. And the defense is not going to break. The defense is going to go all out. One thing's for sure. They're going to grind it out. Cause this team doesn't, it's not going to be like the pass with the Arizona games or the Fresno state games. This team has a mental capacity that they're just going to play hard. And if they're going to lose, it's because they played hard doing it. It's not because they gave gave up, right? So that's going to be my score, 45-25. And I, I don't care if you disagree with it. I'm a fan. I love my team. I think they're playing strong. I, I, think, the, I think the game will be close regardless. I'm not sure if I necessarily have a number uh, quite yet, but I would imagine you're going to get 40 to 45 points from – from UCLA, especially if they're going to be a winner. Um, I mean, heck, they could they afford to lose a game? Sure. Do they want to lose a game? No. But um, we'll see. I, you know, I, I think if they can, if they both kind of come out swinging here, uh, we'll see. Especially if you get off to a hot start for UCLA, I think um, they can build some confidence and get going. Zach, you have your hand up. Uh, feel free to yeah, unmute your mic. <clears throat> Yep. I got one quick question, and it's actually for Josh. It sure. um, has to do with the uh, the defense. When you have a quarterback like Bo Nix, and if you look at, you know, his career when he was at Auburn, and even, you know, in the Georgia game, he's prone to make mistakes. You know, he's one of those guys that is always trying to make a highlight play, and he likes trying to, you know, whip it down the field maybe when he shouldn't. When you look at the UCLA defense, what's the number one thing that UCLA's defense can do to throw Bo Nix off of maybe his timing, you know, maybe his – I don't know, get him rattled because it apparently when you look at uh, his stats and everything, all the games where he, um, where he's been the quarterback and they've lost, it's always been him throwing under like 50% completion rated. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So just what's the number one thing that, you know, the defense can do to throw him off his rhythm? I, I mean, I like what you say, like rattled. I think the, the thing they can do is just get after him. I mean, pressure, get pressure in his face, always, you know, moving him off his spots making him have to get out of the pocket. And then, the you know, the back end is being disciplined, being sound, being where it's supposed to be. Um, I mean, and that's – I think that's the recipe to, you know, get picks, turnovers, and help the offense out. 
No, that's a great point, Josh. Uh, I think James is muted right now, but um, oh, I was. As- yeah, I was having a good conversation too. No, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for that, George. Um, no, I was saying, Hartel, I invited you to speak. Um, I'm not sure if it went through. Send a request if if you did want to speak, and I can try and get you in here before we go. Um, but yeah, I, I, while I was muted, yeah, I thought, uh, good points by Josh. Um, anyone else have any kind of final thoughts or questions before we go ahead and, and get on out of here? Hey, James, I had one more thing. Sure. Not that I'm a doomsday kind of guy, but I was thinking today, even if we beat the Oregon, if we beat Oregon or if we make it to the pac 12 championship game i was thinking there's a way that we could actually miss the playoff and miss the rose bowl right i mean even if we're under i mean even if we're undefeated right because if we lose a pac 12 championship game doesn't we don't go to the rose bowl right so like i i don't want to think that way but that would be a hell of a season i'll tell you that right now well if you lose the pac 12 championship game i mean one if you make it then you have a chance. If you if, if you make it to the Pac-12 championship game, then you have a chance. But then you're you're counting on that other team, and I think that other team would have to be USC at that point. If mm-hmm. USC is in the playoff, then you can be in the Rose Bowl. Um, but yeah, you usually if you're you yeah you kind of have to win it. You know, keep winning, and 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 you'll get to where you want to be. Obviously, you'd prefer to be in the college football playoff um, rather than in the Rose Bowl, maybe some people I've heard actually say they'd rather be in the Rose Bowl than be in the college football playoff. Um, looks like Hartel is having some technical difficulties. Um, Josh, I'll, I'll kind of leave that question to you before we kind of wrap up there. I, I've heard some people say that they would rather be in the Rose Bowl game instead of the college football playoff because they don't want to be, um, they don't want to take like a, a fat L to a Georgia or something like that. Um, where would you stand as a player? on whether you would want to be in the playoff and, 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 you know, if that means you take an L, then you take an L rather than being in the Rose Bowl. I mean, as competitive, I want to win the championship. I want the best. So, I mean, me personally, give me the playoffs. You know, that's the that's the biggest stage. It's honestly, that's what, you know, what you're really playing for, to be the, the best in the country. So, give me that. But I think it was – I think it was it when your Colorado was like really good, and then they lost in the Pac-12 championship, and then it put USC in the in the Rose Bowl. They lost. Colorado lost the Pac-12 championship. Um, wasn't it? I think it was something like that. Where like I don't think SC, but the team that beat. Dang, what year was that? So I feel uh, like it. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say because I knew the answer to this. So it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Washington beat Colorado in the Pac-12 championship, but I think, like, per the playoff committee rules, since even though, like, they don't really run the Rose Bowl, they kind of do, the rule was the next, since Washington went to the playoff, it was going to come down to the next highest-ranked Pac-12 team, and that happened to be USC. So that's how that unfolded. Colorado, pretty sure, ended up in the Alamo Bowl, but USC went to the Rose Bowl since they were ranked higher than the Buffs. Okay, okay. Yeah, that that would be literally the worst thing that could ever happen to us. That's that's the <laughs> that's the doomsday thing. Because then you have yeah, Colorado going to a you know 
a, a weaker bowl game, and then we had USC beat what Penn State. So, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, can't let that happen to us. Um, Jonathan said had a question. So, in the future, we can make the Rose Bowl as a Big Ten team. Um, so technically, yes, you would because they're they're part of that tradition too. Um, as one of the two teams that get in, you ideally, you know, depending on how the playoff works out, but the Big Ten winner would play the Pac-12 winner um, in the Rose Bowl game. Now, UCLA could still be in that, but again, um, I'm not sure if they've made an announcement on them changing this anytime soon, but I don't think the Big Ten does divisions, or I think they still do divisions, which is something the Pac-12 got away from. So you're asking for a whole lot in terms of uh, teams like Ohio State and and Michigan to, um, or for UCLA to be ahead of those teams for a chance to to get into the Rose Bowl or you know one of those teams is making the college football playoff. But um, then there's also some um, it will it'll depend too on what happens with the college football playoff once it expands and when it does expand um, because maybe it's not a matter of um, like the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, um, some of those bowls, I, I think the Sugar Bowl, um, those bowls might go and just be part of the playoff games um, and leading up and be part of that bracket for whatever the playoff is going to be um, rather than the winners of the conferences. So that might change. You might get a little tradition change there that remains to be seen. So um, um, so the, the question for the time being is yes. But we'll see how that plays out going forward. Um, so, yeah. Anyone else? Any final thoughts? I know I've said that a few times, but um, just kind of close things out. Thanks, James, for having this, man. It's awesome. No worries. Thank you for being here, George, Josh, JT, Kanal, Zach, uh, Jonathan, Jerry, Metsy Bruin, uh, Hardtail. We'll try and get you on next time. Dave, thanks for popping in. UCLA IE and everyone, thank you guys so much. Um, hey, Wizzy, I'm going to get you real quick. I think I missed it. I'm going to get you in here um, before we kind of wrap up. I'm uh, still connecting. Give him a second. Go ahead and meet your mic, hey, Wizzy. Are you guys able to hear me? Yeah. All right. My bad. My bad. Um, yeah. No. Just um, just a little bit while we're still here. Um, listen, I've been following UCLA since 2014. Um, you know, grew up a Bruin my whole life, and really like it gets to this. It's just to end it off here. UCLA wins this game. UCLA wins this game. This is going to be scary. Um, don't recall ever in my lifetime seeing them go 6-0, and ever. Um, thought they were going to do it when UCLA finished uh, in Jim Moore era when they went 10-2, and ending the season. Um, but I'm just letting you all, everybody here um, who's listening, UCLA gets this win just is in the beginning, following, you know, in the beginning of the season, following a lot of UCLA blogs, accounts, it was starting to look like, uh, you know, same old DTR, same old Bruins, you know, you know, same old, same old. We you know it's going to look good, get excited. And then, and 
it's just it, it doesn't end up going the way we like it to. Um, but I really, really think my at least for my score prediction on this game, I really think UCLA is gonna it's gonna battle. It's gonna battle against Oregon, especially in Eugene. You know, it's Eugene, and it's 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 gonna be rough. Um, score prediction for that would have to be at least for myself. I would have to say twenty. 28 to 38 UCLA. Um, okay. 28 to 38 UCLA for sure. Um, 40. That would if and in alluding to um, the gentleman who said that we were going to put 40 on them. That's if we can put 40 and we can come out with a dub. That's going to be incredible. Um, I even with one of the seasons that Josh was playing and, and shout out to Josh. Like bro, watching you playing for UCLA, man, bro, life was crazy. You, you second set. If I had to. Rank it from 2014 to now of top UCLA linebackers that are playing. Go Miles Jack, obviously. Then you, Josh. And then uh, thirdly, um, it uh, kind of a coin toss, Justin Hollins and then others. But um, just to end it off here, I'm just saying, you know, UCLA gets this win. Going to look really, really good. Um, obviously, jumping to nine, I really thought we would have went a little bit more down in the rankings, like going or I'm sorry, a little more up in the rankings. Um, you know, when you have Tennessee, uh-huh. when you have TCU, um, you know, or I'm sorry, when you have Bama losing, SC losing, um, Penn State losing, you know, it's kind of you kind of feel a little bit of that West Coast bias. Uh, you, you, it's something you, you, you figure because obviously it's you, UCLA at the end of the day. A lot of people don't take us especially us being in the Pac-12, thank God we're leaving that, um, and being in the West Coast. It's, it's, a lot of people are not going to take seriously. Uh, but I really, really, really think, um, you know, after hearing a lot of analysts, you know, you hear the Joe Klatz, you hear the Colin Cowherds, UCLA, statistically, we're there. And if we can get this W, it's, it's going to look scary. Um, just to end it off with that, and I think UCLA is going to win 38-28. Um, just end it off there. Awesome. Sounds good. A Weezy. Appreciate you for that. Um, no, good point. And I'll end it with this as well. Um, I was also expecting them to maybe be up a little bit higher in the poll. Um, but it makes sense why they weren't. Um, one, they were on a bye and so was Oregon. So I think the maybe the mindset there again, this is like 50 or, you know, however, like I think it's like 63 media voters voting. So everyone has a different mindset on how they approach it. But I think at the end of the day, I think you have maybe the mindset of of Oregon, UCLA, Ron bye weeks. You're not necessarily going to move them up, even though, again, I thought maybe they would have because of the teams that lost um, that were in the top 10. And, and this was even before UC, uh, USC lost. But I thought for sure they would probably be seven or eight. But again, um, I think it makes sense because they were on a bye week. So it's not like they necessarily gave a reason to be moved up. But they didn't necessarily lose any ground either. So they, they make their way into the top 10 just based on um, those who get bumped out. Um, but again, I think there's also something to that, right, where you keep both of them close at number 9 and 10 because you know they're going to play each other this week and that's going to sort itself out. And the winner of that will, will make their way up. The loser will make their way down. I think the good thing about it is they're both close enough um, and, and maybe what we've seen, maybe not to the degree of Alabama, but because it's ranked versus ranked, you won't see a significant drop. I don't think you're going to get one of them to fall all the way to a 20 unless it's some blowout loss. Um, but that remains to be seen. We'll have a better idea about it. But I think right now um, it's safe to say regardless of what happens, UCLA should still be a ranked team um, coming out of this game. 
It just depends. Are you going to still be a top 10 team uh, by the time it's all said and done? But we'll we'll end it there, and we'll see what happens. Um, I'll probably be having some podcasts later in the week with both Josh and George, so I'll be talking to those guys later, and we'll end it right there. Thank you for everybody for being here, and uh, thank you again for all your support. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.